Today we watch Boxing Helena, a movie from 1993. The IMDb summary gives away too much of the plot, so I'm going to read something else written by a guy named Robert Hartlill. A top surgeon is besotted with a beautiful woman who once ditched him. Unable to come to terms with life without her, he tries to convince her that they need each other. He has other ideas, but a horrific accident leaves her at his mercy. The plot is bizarre and perhaps sick at times, ending abruptly and with a twist. Welcome to Torture Vision. My name is Anthony Dinar, and this is my co-host, Brandon Hayes. Hello. And this movie's about a warlock, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, it, it has Julian Sands, but he's not a warlock in this. In fact, most of the things Julian Sands does, he's not a warlock. <laughs> he's only a warlock in two movies. It's like the only thing I know him from, and yeah. I wish I was watching a horrible warlock movie. <laughs> I should say right off the bat, this movie was directed by Jennifer Chambers Lynch. Uh, she also wrote the screenplay, though a man named Philip Kaland is credited for conceiving the actual story. But uh, Jennifer is the daughter of David Lynch, the director who makes weird movies just to be weird. And then people assume his films have real deep meaning uh, because no one would film straight up nonsense, right? Like, Lynch movies must mean something. Uh, I guess I'm just too stupid to grasp how complex they are. I don't know what it is that started it, but if you make a film that was just kind of weird and somebody's like, oh, it must have meant this and that, and, like, they put more thought into perceiving what the movie was about than the actual creator of the movie, and then you just kind of run with that. It's like, oh, well, like, this is this worked before. Like, I'll just do it again. And it almost seems like that was the evolution or lack thereof of these kinds of films. Yeah, you get into a corner where like, oh, the plot doesn't really make sense here. I'll just make it super weird here. I'll just go weirder and weirder. And people assume I know what's going on all along. Mm -hmm. And I never give any coherent answers. So when people say like, this must have meant this or this must have meant this, right? Like you just keep your mouth shut and then they think you're a genius. That's <laughs> David Lynch's entire career. All his movies are just complete nonsense. But doesn't that backfire at some point? Like, apparently not. <laughs> People fucking worship David Lynch like he's the second coming of Christ. And uh, I find his movies absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm sure people, when they hear me saying this right now, they're just infuriated. Like, you're just too stupid to get it. Like, no, <laughs> you're too stupid to understand you're being played like a fool. His movies are crap. And uh, Jennifer Chambers Lynch, she's got a little bit of that weirdness in this movie, but I got to give her credit. At least it's a coherent story. At least it has like a solid plot, maybe a little bit weird, but you could understand what was going on. So she's leaps and bounds ahead of her father tenfold. <laughs> 
I would like to describe this film as uh, Misery meets What About Bob? (laughs) If those two films had a baby, it'd be this. (laughs) I was uh, saving at the end of my notes here. I wrote down Misery and my thoughts on Misery and this movie. But yeah, that's definitely the first. (laughs) The very first thing that came to mind is that movie. But um, the movie opens up with uh, the family life of Nick Cavanaugh. He's a doctor. This is the Julian Sands character. We see his fucked up family life. His father is a doctor, which so he went into his father's profession. But his father is uh, just consumed with hospital work and totally neglects Nick. And then Nick's mother is just this slutty bitch who just like sleeps around with everyone. <laughs> and dad's too busy with work to notice. Exactly. And I actually wrote in my notes that they're ideal parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they work well together. And she she seems to despise motherhood. Because oh, yeah. Nick, as a little kid, just tries to say, like, hello, mom, or whatever, just barely, just like the bare bones of communication. And she looks at him with such disdain, like, ugh. <laughs> Did you catch, like, the guests at the party were like, oh, I didn't know she had a kid. Like, she never brought him up once. She doesn't like like to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like, I don't like talking about this movie. (laughs) We only just started, so... So uh, once Nick's uh, wretched childhood is shown to us, we're taken to uh, present day 1993 when this movie was made. Uh, this is when we see Nick attending his mother's funeral. We just have to assume that his father's dead because as his mother dies, now he gets to inherit the family home. Right. Nick gets a page from the hospital because uh, some dumb kid hurt his hand or some dumb shit. So uh, he leaves the funeral early and rushes to work. And then we meet another character, Alan, who's played by Kirkwood Smith. And uh, Alan is working on the boy's hand, but he's replaced as soon as Nick arrives in the hospital because Nick's like the best surgeon ever. And Alan is pissed when Nick arrives like I could have handled this. And Nick's like, I'm the best, so I'll take over. (laughs) So Alan, he goes like, "I I thought the funeral was today. Aren't you supposed to be mourning your dead mom? And Nick says, what's dead is dead, Alan. Now let's get to work. Like, you know, let me go to work. It's funny because like Nick is so hung up on his mother and mother issues and it's like what's dead is not dead yeah that's the whole catalyst that's the whole purpose of this movie yeah so after the surgery nick goes to speak to uh i don't know some nurse or something behind a desk and she hands him a can of diet coke and that was kind of funny that uh he immediately cleans the the can of coke with uh, some kleenex and then he cracks it open takes a single sip and then walks away from it yeah it's like did diet coke pay for this product placement oh yeah no you think so like diet coke our cans are filthy and the liquid inside isn't worth finishing (laughs) is that the slogan they were going for well honesty is the best policy i guess Okay, so um, then we get a, a glimpse into Nick's new home. It's it's just a mansion, giant fucking house. But uh, in, in retrospect, it's kind of funny that they rented a real house to film this in. Yeah. Um, it's something movie makers often do. But it seems like the, the owner of the house was like, yeah, I'll let you rent the house. But you can only use like the first few bedrooms, like the <laughs> living room, the and then like a kitchen and then a couple bedrooms. And that's it. Because that's all we ever see from this home. That's true. I didn't even think about that the nick the first thing he notices when he walks into his brand new home is uh there's framed photos of his mom on top of a piano uh, from when she was young and beautiful of course 
we're supposed to notice this right away just symbolism like she cared more about herself than her kids you don't see any pictures of nick around you just see pictures of herself and that's fine that works perfectly for her character uh however though i i thought the throughout the rest of the movie we should have seen just non-stop pictures of her like uh, there were pictures of other people or stuff that looks like it came with the frame it would have been kind of funny and a little bit creepy if every single picture in the house was her <laughs> and that he didn't remove them yeah that... oh yeah <laughs> so nick has a flashback where he's going through the house for the very first time in what must be years and uh he sees like just this moment when he was young he's walking up the steps and he sees a strange man come out of his mom's bedroom and then he sees his mom come out and she's just she's got some clothes on but she's pretty much naked she's her exposed. tits hanging out her tits are hanging out and she just looks at uh, nick young nick and she says like you were watching me weren't you it's just a real creepy scene whatever but uh, she's got like this really expensive i'm guessing cigarette lighter and she slams it down on the uh, the railing of the staircase and it makes this echo noise and i guess that's what we're supposed to assume caused nick's ear damage that's bullshit because the rest of the movie he's got this little cotton ball in his ear and he's like he drips uh, some solution in his ear in one scene uh that's it that's as good as an explanation gets i've seen this movie a couple times and that's all i can think of like that's that's crap though because that wasn't loud enough the lighter didn't explode no but it did make this do 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 echo noise <laughs> and i think that's what we're supposed to believe it was just traumatic and like since he's a doctor i kind of like thought he had that whole hypochondriac kind of syndrome <laughs> so you think it's all made up i think so. so he was traumatized so much that the ear problems were all psychosomatic <laughs> i would believe that more than i'd believe the lighter did it <laughs> well i mean and then i guess he attributes it to the lighter because that's why we were shown it in that right. scene. Whatever. and it was traumatic and uh and he did like have these flashbacks constantly of mother so it certainly could have been psychosomatic. It would have been better if she was just a total bitch, like he shows up and then she comes out. And you could still have that weird sexual thing where, like, she's got her tits hanging out of her shirt. And then she <laughs> says, like, you were watching me, weren't you? And then maybe she, like, she smacks him in the ear. And then yeah. the echo from the, the smack caused the problem. Like, that would have been so much better because then it would be totally clear why he has this problem. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so we're just left to assume that and then we see nick at a bar present time again he's meeting his best friend i'm just gonna call him bozo because i didn't <laughs> i didn't get his name and he, he has hair just like bozo the clown <laughs> so uh nick dressed in civilian clothes not dressed like a doctor meets with his good buddy bozo uh who's removed his clown makeup for the day <laughs> and they're just enjoying a few drinks nick sees a woman helena hanging out at the other side of the bar and he has a mini mental breakdown nick says to bozo we gotta get out of here bozo let's go she's here she'll uh, like i'll see you outside i gotta get out and so nick uh races to the payphone to call his girlfriend Anne, while uh, bozo pays the bar tab right and he and nick's like i'll meet you outside and then fucking he goes to the payphone like that doesn't make any well, sense he's got to give bozo time to pay the the bar tab he's not gonna pay that himself 
So Nick went to the phone to call his girlfriend, Anne, basically for reassurance, like, Anne, hey, you're my girlfriend, right? I love you, Anne. Yeah, okay. That's, that's what that was for, but also, like, it gave Bozo time to pay the bill that Nick wasn't going to pay. <laughs> and then they go outside, and then outside, uh, Bozo's waiting for the valet to get his car, and Nick and Bozo start talking, and Nick says, uh, do you think she ever thinks about me? He's talking about Helena, the girl they just saw in the bar. And Bozo says, does it really matter <laughs> so nick says no thanks for the drink bozo i'm parked up the road see you later so nick's a fucking asshole like he he stuck bozo with the tab dragged him outside just so he could ditch the clown <laughs> like what the fuck like bozo could have kept drinking like nick's the one who just ruined his whole night yeah anyway nick goes home to meet Anne, the girlfriend and uh she's attractive she's perhaps not helena attractive but she's certainly not bad she has a really nice personality unlike helena you mean she's not a total bitch yeah <laughs> helena is a total bitch <laughs> But she's bought groceries with the intent to cook dinner for Nick. I don't understand why Nick can't keep his mind off Helena when he's got quite a catch at home. Yeah. But uh, Nick says, you know, go ahead and cook, and uh, I I'm going to go jogging before dinner. And we find out quickly that jogging is just his cover story. For peeping Tom. <laughs> right. The only reason he's really leaving is to spy on Helena, because it just so happens that Helena lives about a block away, let's say, from his parents' house, which yeah. he just uh, inherited. Within jogging distance. Yeah, yeah, it's a jogging distance. So he goes to, uh, he jogs to Helena's house, uh, jumps up into a tree, and and gawks at her while she gets naked. Uh, but in all fairness to Nick, Helena opened all her windows. <laughs> uh, she has a billion candles burning. She's listening to some new age porno music while she strips. It looks like a softcore Skinamax movie in there. <laughs> like, I'm honestly shocked the whole neighborhood isn't in that tree. Come on, it was on the second story. No, I mean, she was putting on a show for everyone. <laughs> she did step really close to those windows. But aside from that, I no. mean, she was on the second story. I imagine that tree would <laughs> look like the Keebler elf headquarters <laughs> like just a bunch of people peeking out through the leaves <laughs> jesus christ dude so like, all the women in your neighborhood <laughs> need to be really careful <laughs> uh so uh, nick sees ray who's played by bill paxton uh ray is in the room with helena and uh, he has another mini mental breakdown. He's like, oh, my God, she's fucking another man. And that's not me. Yeah, it could have been anybody. So, yeah, right. Uh, but he, uh, Nick runs to a payphone in a panic and he calls up Bozo for help. He's like, <laughs> this is awesome. I love this part. <laughs> he goes uh, to Bozo, tell me how to get her back. And Bozo's like, you slept with the woman one time, you fucking asshole. Like years ago, he said. Yeah, too. and it took you ages to get over it <laughs> he said don't call her don't send her flowers think about Anne, your current girlfriend <laughs> so the very next scene nick goes directly to the flower shop <laughs> to buy flowers for helena and, reasonable uh, advice right <laughs> so then nick uh, nick returns home and he's been gone for hours uh, he actually, after he bought flowers at the flower shop, he then went to his car. Yeah, he jogged he home, got his car, and then drove back to Helena's house. 
No, no, no. He, he had to have. He no, no, no. He he got he he jogged. Uh, saw Helena. He left. Called the guy on the payphone. After that, he went and bought flowers. He went from the flower shop. He jogged home, and then he went and uh, jumped in his car, which was parked in the front of the house, and then drove and then back he, to Helena's house. No, he just yeah. slept. No, in he the car. He did. He slept okay, well, in the car in front of Helena's. Okay, house. well, fine. If, if that's where he, I, I don't, I'm not sure if that's where he was or not. But let's say wherever he was, he slept in his car yeah. instead of going home. Right. He eventually, when he wakes up from his nap in the car, he looks at his watch or something. He's like, "Oh shit, it's late." But what about Anne? So then he drives home or he gets out of his car. He goes home into the house, whatever. It's super late. She's already packed up all the food, right. thrown it in the fridge, and uh, now she's passed out on his couch. Right. So when he sees Anne on the couch, he throws a ratty old blanket on her. and then he It goes, wasn't ratty. It was on the sofa. Whatever. God damn it, <laughs> dude. So then... <laughs> Okay, fine. He throws a really nice, elegant blanket on top of her. <laughs> what the fuck does that matter? Who cares? <laughs> and then he goes into like this little office room and he calls Helena. First, he like he practices calling her. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then he, he finally gets up the courage to actually call her. And when he does that, yeah, there Helena... was no courage because he doesn't <laughs> say anything. Yeah, Helena <laughs> finally picks up the phone. She's in the middle of having sex with uh, with Ray. The same dude from earlier. Right, of course. And um, and Nick doesn't say a word, and then Helena's pissed that she just got a prank call. Uh, what you said during the movie, what I wrote down during my notes, too, like, it's kind of funny. Like, how long were they having sex? Because <laughs> all this time that we're following Nick, it's eating up a lot of time. Yeah, hours. And still Helena and Ray are just boning nonstop for <laughs> fucking hours. <laughs> Ray... Ray must have been like really sped up on coke or something because after hours of having sex with Helena, he's like, I'm not finished yet, basically. Like, I didn't get to come. Like, come back. Yeah, <laughs> it's I like, dude. <laughs> it's like she gets really pissed when she gets the phone call. And so she gets out of bed. And um, she's like, now I'm in a bad mood. It's like, when are you not in a bad mood? <laughs> really? <laughs> fucking bitch. But uh, Ray... I just wrote down my notes like, where are you going? We haven't finished yet. I've only come 800 times. I want to come 200 more. <laughs> so uh, Helena tells Ray, like, I hope you don't think you're just going to sleep here for the night. And um, I'm down as Ray, like, that's okay. It's almost dawn anyway, right? <laughs> but uh, Ray gets dressed. He's all super pissed that they can't continue having sex. So he says, I'm going out. Helena says, good. You can get me some groceries says fuck you like i'm going to the club so i can get laid yeah my god his his junk must look like a red raw mess right now <laughs> i can't imagine that he wants more sex but as soon as he leaves helena then goes to the the phone she calls up the local grocery store and she asks for a delivery yeah so she didn't even need ray to go get her groceries She's she doesn't just, even want some fucking houseboy to get groceries anyways. Otherwise, she'd be all over Nick. You know, this is a weird role reversal. Usually, the guy is like the slut, basically, that will sleep with a girl and then, you know, pay her to leave afterwards. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, right? It's this weird role reversal where, like, the chick is that way. Which is sort of believable in the sense that she's a total bitch. Like, usually, like, the hotter a girl is, like, the bitchier they are. 
because they never had to like work on anything else like they just coasted on their looks the whole time and then nick is like the nice guy and she's not interested in him so although it is like typical but it's also like a weird role reversal because she's the total slut she's the whore instead of the guy yeah well we're supposed to believe that helena is like empowered or something by not needing a man by using them in the typical way that men use women usually and also nick is not just like he's not a nice guy he's just so fucking wimpy it's pathetic he like, is he'll really just do pathetic. he'll do whatever helena says and that that doesn't make him a nice guy he's just he's a fucking loser he has a weird disorder like he's like super anxious all the time or something like it's it's annoying to be around him because everything he does is just awkward and really bizarre he's intimidated by women because his his mother was a very empowered woman like she right. got whatever she's pretty much like helena right that's why he's attracted to her in the first it's a place. weird freudian thing right so like this is supposed to be deep like well he's lost his mother <laughs> he's lost his mother so um he's kind of looking for that replacement i guess because but did he talk to her while she was alive and, and as an adult see that's where it kind of fails like he should have been living in the house the whole time and yeah. taking care of her and as soon as she dies then he starts to freak out like what am i gonna do because she was the one who told me how to eat sleep and breathe Basically, every day yeah. of my life like that would have been more consistent yeah that would have been cool because then he's looking for a replacement and he's desperate for one right away and he's like oh helena is this one girl that i fucked one time like she likes me enough that she let me inside her so like maybe she can be my surrogate mother like yeah. that that would have been better yeah uh, but that's not the way they went with it. We we should have got the director's like uncut version, extra extended scenes. No, this was enough. <laughs> <laughs> So Helena orders from the grocery store delivery service. She orders a bottle of vodka, a bottle of lime juice, and two large pomegranates. Right. And later on in the movie, that becomes important. So that's the only reason I'm mentioning it now. So Nick decides that he's going to have a housewarming party. He's going to invite a bunch of people over. But the only reason he's really doing this is he's inviting Helena over as well. And he hopes that she shows up. Right. He can give a fuck about the rest of the guests. So she actually shows up and she carelessly hands Nick her purse so he can carry it around for her. And of course, he's more than happy to. So then uh, Helena says, look, if you're going to follow me around, hold this. And then she also tosses Nick her scarf. <laughs> and uh, Nick says, thank you. Like, that, <laughs> he's that fucking pathetic. <laughs> so then, it reminds me of you. <laughs> no, I've never been like that. <laughs> So uh, Helena starts hitting on this guy who looks like Will Wheaton from, uh, you know, uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so Will Wheaton starts to hit back on her and they like they kind of hit it off right away. And Helena, she walks over to a fountain and she starts to take out her hair clip and she hands it to Will. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> and she hands it to Will. And then she takes off her shoes and hands those to Will as well. And then she takes off her dress and she hands it to Will. So now she's only wearing a slip. Right. But she's practically naked because it's pretty much see-through. So as Will's holding all her stuff and then Nick is also holding her purse and her scarf. Or actually, 
he uh, passed the purse off already. He like passed he, the purse off to Bozo, but he's a horrible like caretaker. Right. <laughs> but fucking Bozo's holding onto her purse. Nick's holding onto her scarf. Will Wheaton's holding on to everything else except her <laughs> her slip and her panties, <laughs> which he was ready to hang on to for. Oh yeah. He's like, I, I still got more arm room. Like I can hold on to anything you want. <laughs> As these people are all holding on to her stuff, it's again like you know, kind of symbolic that she's so empowered. These men are willing to bend over backwards for her. Not so much Bozo, because he doesn't know what's going on, but, but <laughs> Nick and Will Wheaton, for sure. Helena jumps into the fountain and starts uh, playing around in it like it's a goddamn, like she's a fucking water nymph or something. <laughs> and uh, all the men at the party are just in awe of Helena, and all the women are just looking at her with pure disgust. Yeah. And uh, once Helena's done frolicking in the water, she tells Will they're leaving. And she doesn't ask. She tells. It's clear that she's ready to fuck with the words that she says. And then Will, he's such a fucking idiot. He's not certain he sealed the deal. So he says, maybe you and me can get some champagne together. So she just like kind of rolls her eyes at how fucking stupid he is. And she goes like, okay, yeah, sure. Like after champagne, then we'll fuck. <laughs> but like how many more fucking signals do you need? Right. Anyway, I guess that's why he was a shitty ensign. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh nick in the very next scene like he after watching helena frolic in the fountain uh he's all hot and bothered he's sweating so immensely if you see like he starts to pull at his underarms on yeah. his shirt so like he needs to change his shirt because he's ruined his old one so uh bozo follows nick into the changing room and criticizes nick for inviting helena in the first place and Anne also bursts into the room and starts yelling at Nick. She says, are you sleeping with her? And Nick's response is, isn't this a wonderful party? <laughs> um, no, it's clearly not. <laughs> Anne and Bozo are certainly pissed. <laughs> and you know what? He's not even sleeping with her, so I don't know why he, he just didn't say no. Yeah, because like, he the... so desperately wants to. <laughs> So then uh, Will Wheaton bursts into the room and says he's leaving with Helena. Nick's upset, and Will asks, like, well, why are you upset? You're not seeing her, are you? So Nick's like, of course not. Don't be silly. I'm with Egg. I mean, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking Anne's pissed. She's like, I'm leaving. Nick says, oh, come on, Helena. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> and Anne's all pissed. She's like, my name's Egg. I mean, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> so the very next day uh nick is sitting by his answering machine waiting for helena to call uh she calls and leaves a message saying i left my purse i want you to drive it to the airport i'm at gate whatever my flight leaves whenever dude i live jogging distance away come on you couldn't tell me before you went to the i'm probably in your tree right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh she says don't be late and I have to ask, like, why didn't she just pick it up herself? If she knows this, she knows the fool will bring it to her, no problem. Right. right. But um, if she's so concerned, why didn't she just grab it before she went to the airport? If she's so concerned, why the fuck did she hand all her, like, possessions out? Yeah, you think she's calling Will Wheaton the next morning? Like, I need my hair clip and my shoes. Really? And Come yeah. to the airport, gate whatever at this time. Okay, so um, one part I will complain about in this uh, this answering machine uh, scene is that uh, she says to Nick, 
don't be a curious George, Nicholas. Don't you open my purse and go through my belongings, is basically what she says. This guy is so obsessed with her, he's rubbing the purse against his cheek and smelling it while he listens to this answering yeah. machine message. I guarantee you he's gone through every inch of that Oh, purse. absolutely. Did you see the bed? All of the items are laid out on the bed. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. <laughs> he took all the stuff out of the purse and laid it on the bed listening to the message as he was rubbing it against his cheek (laughs) (laughs) he probably stuck his dick in it a few times (laughs) she must realize this anyway uh and also just to point out real quick uh, she called him nicholas that's like making him a baby you know just like being like kind of like a mom sort of thing like treating him like a child that only makes him harder (laughs) in some um, gross weird way so uh nick drives to the airport late on purpose and helena is pissed she's like where the fuck have you been like all the other dozen guys showed up on time (laughs) bozo showed up with my panties will showed up with my slip where are you (laughs) and then i have to mention this like she's just pissed because she doesn't have her purse mainly because her all-important address book is supposed to be in the purse when uh, nick shows up and gives her a purse she grabs it real quick she starts flipping through it she sees her address book is missing so she's super fucking pissed like if this was just a modern day movie like that wouldn't even matter yeah because there's no such thing as address books anymore she would have been missing her phone or something yeah probably so uh he says i don't know where it is and helena doesn't believe him so nick says like i swear uh, i i wouldn't even know where to look for it if i tried or what it looks like yeah i guess he didn't mention that but he, he did should. he did that's why um he insisted that she come with him because she's already missed the flight so it's like Come to my house, help me look for it since you know what it looks like, and then we'll, like, get you another plane ticket and you can go wherever you're going. It's like, I don't know that it, it's three by five with black leather on the outside. And... <laughs> um, but anyway, so she goes... All uh, the pages are full of other men. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she angrily goes to the house to look for it with him. Dude, we're going through this, like, record time compared to the movie. Oh, yeah. God, no, this because movie sucks. The movie, it takes about, like, 41 minutes to really kick in. Yeah. Like, uh, meanwhile, I'm still waiting, like, does he have any of the, like, magic stones yet? Like, <laughs> no one has seen fucking Warlock, okay? No, you know what? Maybe people have seen Warlock. No one's seen Warlock 2, which is what you're referencing. <laughs> Anyway, so um, Helena tells him, like, what is it going to take for you to realize I don't want anything to do with you? Wasn't last night enough? So I'm thinking, like, okay, last night when you treated Nick like shit, practically got naked in front of him, and then fucked his friend? Yeah, that was real special for Nick. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Wasn't last night enough when I totally teased you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nick begs to have lunch with Helena or a drink or some kind of alone time with her. And she basically says, fine, let's just get it over with. So uh, Nick serves her lunch. And in one of the plates, he's got these little 
domes over the plates. Uh, he lifts up one of the domes, and uh, her address book is inside. And when she sees it, she's furious. Like, you son of a bitch, you had it the whole fucking time. Yeah. Now, this is the point in my notes where I wrote down why, with a bunch of question marks. If you've made it this far into the episode, and internet statistics say most of you don't, <laughs> um, you're probably wondering why we decided to review this movie. Well, I sold this to Anthony as a Lifetime Channel drama if Satan ran the network. <laughs> because Helena storms out of the house, Nick chases after her, she steps into the middle of the street, and she's struck by a car. It's a hit-and-run accident, the driver speeds away, and Helena's legs are so badly damaged that Nick... Dr. Nick takes her back into his house and he amputates them. And then he keeps Helena in his house like a pretty little prisoner. Yeah. And that's the basic uh, plot of our story. All of a sudden, now the movie's starting to get good. That's like the whole misery aspect. Right. Which, again, I'll mention at the end. But, yeah, it's it's basically misery. So it started out like, uh, what about Bob? Where you just couldn't get the fuck away from You think from he's Nick. gone? He's, he's never gone. gone. <laughs> you see? <laughs> It's an awesome movie. And then, like, you got uh, you got this weird hobbling accident with the car, the hit and run. And then, yeah, he amputates her legs, like, past the knee. Where, okay, maybe because, like, it happened so fast, like, the damage was so bad you had to take it that far. But in the picture I saw, and I didn't rewind it or whatever, but it was clearly damaged below the knee. Yeah, it was. And so, like, you would have taken the leg, yeah. Like, I could, I could believe that. It's weird that you didn't take her to the hospital, but I can totally understand why in his fucked up mind it would make sense. Like, oh, I'll bring her home. And, like, she'll fall in love with me. It's like straight-up Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> well, and that's his hope. Yeah. Ultimately. But she does have a scene later on in the movie where she says, like, I didn't see my legs after the accident. I, I saw, I, like, I was in the accident. I woke up, you know, however many days later or whatever, all drugged up. I looked at my legs and they were gone. So what was it? Did I sprain my ankle? Yeah. Did I get a little scratch? Like, I, I don't even think I was that badly damaged. You just took total advantage of me. Yeah. So, yeah, it is questionable. Like, if you look at the scene, I looked at it really slow motion when I watched it the first time. And, uh, yeah, like, her one leg just cracks open like a fucking watermelon. Like, yeah, fucking, gross. like, Gallagher smashed it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> the other leg really just kind of gets pushed off camera. Like, you don't even see the other leg explode. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, so. what are the chances that you'd have to amputate both of them at the same exact spot? And, yeah. Yeah, and that also brings up a question. Like, so now, like, her one leg, at least, we saw exploded. Yeah. So, did Nick then, like, after he dragged her back into the house he stopped her bleeding and everything then did he go back out to the road with a super long like 500 foot hose to reach the goddamn road and then spray off the road all the blood that was left on the road get the evidence i always thought like okay it's called boxing helena like i'm waiting for the reveal where like he exposes all her body parts <laughs> that he amputated oh, he was saving yeah that would have been cool Actually, I told you before the accident, I'm like, this movie fucking blows. <laughs> it's like, this better be good where, like, he kills her and, like, I'll even go for, like, eating body parts. Like, I want something here. <laughs> yeah. No, because then the movie would have been, like, snacking on Helena or something. Boxing doesn't even really make sense in this movie. It doesn't. Like the title, yeah. but we'll get into that later. So we jump to the hospital. 
And uh, this is, I presume, at least a week later, right? Nick hasn't shown up for work in at least a week. Right. And um, we overhear one of the doctors is talking to Anne, uh, Nick's girlfriend, who happens to be a doctor herself. Right. And uh, this guy is saying to Anne, I thought you might know if Nick has plans on returning to work. Uh, it's been several weeks now, and I'm left without my chief surgeon. It's like, aren't you just fired at that point? Yeah, well, that's my question is, uh, Anne says she hasn't seen Nick since the party. I'm wondering if doctors can just disappear for several weeks and still be able to keep their job. Like, he can't be that good, really, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think anyone can just walk, your chief surgeon or whatever, like, you can just walk away and not tell anyone. And maybe if he owned the hospital and it was his, like, yeah, you could maybe do that. Even still, come that's, on. Yeah, that's pushing it. And he doesn't, clearly, because this one guy asking the question, where's Nick been for several weeks? He's, he's the his guy. boss. Yeah. He's the, he's the boss. Yep. So, um, the boss says, if he doesn't return soon, I can only assume we lost him to another hospital. Perhaps he can submit a letter recommending one of our staff surgeons as his replacement. How about you pick a fucking replacement, asshole? Really? Like, you're familiar with your own staff surgeons. And who gives a fuck about what Nick recommends? He flaked out. Yeah. <laughs> He's he not even, even showing up for work anymore. He didn't even give, a, like, a proper notice. He just disappeared. Which I think you have contracts when you're in positions like that. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, it would be more realistic to say, like, wow, Nick hasn't shown up for work in not even weeks, but just, like, two, three days. We better go check and see if he's still alive he is a <laughs> really surgeon after yeah. all he wouldn't just walk away you would think yeah so uh meanwhile alan kurtwood smith overhears this conversation and he desperately wants nick's job so alan decides to visit nick's house in hopes of getting that recommendation letter when alan arrives at nick's house they have they share a little small talk and Alan says, like, I thought you could recommend me for your job. And Nick says, but I have until Monday to return. Am I right? Like, so where are you getting this information? His like, contract. Your contract? Yeah. Okay, so that's what it says. Like, you can you can flake off for, like, four <laughs> fucking weeks. <laughs> and then the very next Monday, you better give some sort of... When you're chief surgeon, you can, like, demand the best contract ever, apparently. <laughs> I guess. So Alan hears some loud noises coming from the next room, and uh, he finds Helena. She's all doped up on painkillers, and um, she accidentally knocked over an alarm clock or something. And Nick tries his best to explain, I had to perform emergency surgery to save her life. And he tells her the exact details of the surgery, and Alan says, we need to call the hospital and have her picked up. And Nick tries to talk him out of it, and basically says, if you keep this a secret, I'll give you that recommendation letter and alan sort of reluctantly agrees he leaves the house saying like i was never I, here <laughs> i was never here you better write that letter and then just disappears i like how uh helena is like screaming about phantom pains because her legs are hurting they're burning she says and she's reaching for them but they're gone like i thought that was kind of like cool oh yeah that's the very next scene this is the point when we start getting, like, subjected to these shots of uh, female statues, often limbless, all throughout yeah. Nick's house. Like, we've seen a couple before. We saw one at the very beginning of the film, but now, like, the symbolism starts getting really fucking forced at this point. Like, Jennifer Lynch here is trying to beat you over the head with it. 
and uh, <laughs> literally yeah nick is briefly seen outside tending to his garden you know cutting roses or taking beautiful plants and stuffing them into tiny clay pots yeah um we also see nick's pet bird it's trapped inside its bird cage, of course, and it's fluttering around violently, but it can't escape. Yeah. Basically, Nick is taking elements of nature, which were meant to run wild, and he's confining them on his own terms. Derp. Yeah. Like, we get it. Like, we've seen it throughout the whole movie. Like, this symbolism is really fucking heavy-handed to the point where you can tell, like, this seems like a big-budget student film. Yeah. But you wouldn't be complaining about it so much if it was, like, really heavy like that, but you were in the first five, ten minutes of the film. Like, the problem is, is, like, we're, like, an hour and a half into this film already, and it, it takes forever for shit to happen. Like, that's that's the problem. It's, like, it's way too slow, and there are things to discuss and to show and to talk about, but none of that really seems to be happening. We don't see any of the surgery scenes yeah which none. i don't need to see a bunch of gore but to actually see to the extent of like his expertise did, and yeah, stuff yeah the, like how he handles that how like i don't know the, the, how the, much liberty did he take like oh this this doesn't have to be amputated but i'm gonna do it anyways like that would have been an interesting internal dialogue that you saw him like fight with as she's laying there helpless and unconscious, he takes full advantage and he cuts off more than he needs to. It would really establish that this guy is a fucking monster. Yeah. But no, we didn't see any of that. We just see him outside with his garden and stupid shit that, like, really doesn't matter. Uh, we get it. He's taken advantage of her. But we don't need the, the forced symbolism. So, uh, Nick presents helena with a present it's an old vintage wheelchair and uh she tells him to fuck off she doesn't want to see this thing it just reminds her of what's happened to her right and, and she says i wouldn't be in this mess if it wasn't for you and he says well at least you're alive <laughs> <laughs> she starts like grabbing anything she can around her uh an empty glass or whatever she starts throwing it at nick so nick takes the wheelchair out of the bedroom and just runs away and like closes the door like hopefully after she gets all this out of her system or after she's thrown everything within her reach she'll <laughs> finally calm down so then uh bozo stops by to check up on nick and uh, he knocks on the door but nick doesn't answer and this is a good time to mention that nick's front door is completely see-through yeah it's all glass with some wrought iron design, but it's basically just two sheets of glass for his two front doors. I'm wondering, like, why doesn't he ever get any blinds or some kind of curtains or something? Like, even throughout the house, blinds and curtains are left completely open. Yeah. Um, He's trying to hide to the point where he unplugs his phone and stuff. People would be coming by to see him. You have to be expecting that. Yeah, and, and why would you give Helena her own wheelchair to get around in your fucking glass? glass mansion yeah when anyone who stops by could see her just hanging out at the front door because right. if she's ever questioned she doesn't want to be there she makes every opportunity available to her to say i want to fucking leave you're a monster <laughs> speaking of which uh, helena's bedroom doesn't even have walls it's all windows yeah it's a windows beautiful house next to windows fuck. there's not a single bit of drywall in all of that <laughs> there's it's more windows, windows and frames there's more windows in this house than there was in her last house where she stripped in front of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> her previous house was more concealing than this. 
So Nick has all these photos of Helena, and they look like modeling photos. He's just hanging out in his den, and um, he's looking at this like a sick collection of baseball cards or something. (laughs) I guess it's a good thing that he now sort of kind of owns Helena, but he's not forcing himself on her. He's like getting off on the pictures of her instead of like manhandling her. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, but... um, Yeah, you know what? I have to say, like this movie should get an award because there was no rape scene i'm yeah. so happy that there wasn't a rape and that... you would think of one of the movies we watched <laughs> but no no this he's actually i don't want to say a gentleman <laughs> i want to say he's actually a gentleman <laughs> you take all the forced amputation out of the fact he's actually kind of a nice guy no, no, no. He, he's a fucking monster but like he's got these like his weird hang-ups what make him a mental case like yeah. just provide for like strange scenes like why is he looking at all these pictures when he's got her in the very next room yeah uh, he's maybe looking at the pictures like damn she was hot when she had legs <laughs> <laughs> but uh helena even uh rolls into the room on her wheelchair she looks at him looking at these pictures and she just says you're fucking pathetic <laughs> And he got a side with her, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, she is a total bitch, but You're you, know, in you start corner. to sympathize yeah, with her. Exactly. So uh, Nick and Helena start to argue in one of the scenes, and Nick says, as she's getting kind of loud, he says, you want to scream? Let me hear you scream. <laughs> and he, he wheels her outside onto the patio where it happens to be raining, and he tells her, uh, come on, Helena, scream for help. And then he, like... He starts to like point to a house that's very far away. You can you can't even really see it in the scene. Yeah, you can't. And he says like those people out there and the, they might be looking through their window. Scream to them. Like, you know, and uh <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. She kind of like tries to calm him down a bit, like hush now, hush now and he starts to Take like Take me inside. Yeah. Yeah, and he just starts to cave in. Like he, well, he's buying. He's like Stockholm Syndrome's like starting oh, maybe, now. Maybe yeah. she's starting to like me. Yeah. And uh, she starts to stroke his face sort of lovingly and he's like, he's kind of into it. And then she smacks him. Just <laughs> as, so, totally takes him by surprise. And, uh, and then she starts to scream for help. And, uh, you know, she called this fucking bullshit. And as soon as she starts to scream for help, he gets freaked out and he rolls her back inside <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> And meanwhile, like, this was incredibly stupid for Nick to do because uh, uninvited guests are stopping by all the fucking time. Yeah. So, like, anyone could have easily heard this this happen. But anyway, so... Fucking uh, old boyfriend slash love of the night or whatever, uh, Ray, he's looking for Helena. Like, and he's going, like, all over the place trying to find her because he's, like, hung up like Nick was after the one night stand. Yeah. (laughs) he totally is like you sleep with this woman once and you're totally into her (laughs) so um when nick rolls helena back inside he gives her a towel and she starts to dry off uh, from all the rain she just kind of laughs at him she goes you know what nick i never had an orgasm with you not once (laughs) and it's just like totally beating him down it's like kind of that female empowerment thing again like you took away my legs like you crippled me physically but still mentally i'm so much more superior than you yeah that's the feeling that we're getting from this movie she even says like we had sex for what two minutes not even that or was it two seconds regardless it's a lot less than the eight hours that she had with roy (laughs) yeah that's drastic that's night and day yeah actually his name 
name's Ray. I keep calling him Roy. You keep oh, calling him Roy. Whatever. Fucking Bill Paxton. He's a great actor. He looks really young in this well, movie. Well, you know why he took this movie? So, so he, he could, could like like lick her nipples yeah, and shit in that scene? Of yeah. <laughs> why do you think Julian Sands took this movie? So he could do the same thing eventually. Yeah. And also uh, nail another broad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is basically a softcore porno. Yeah, it is. So, um, Ray told by Helena earlier in the movie that uh, she didn't want to see him anymore. She was done with him. She's just tired and bored with him. She goes, uh, I'm going to a party, which was Nick's homecoming party, or whatever you call that. Uh, open house. Open shit. house party, yeah. whatever. Housewarming party. Is there you go. Uh, We're goes, so classless. <laughs> I don't get invited to a lot of parties. <laughs> so um, as she's going to that party, she says, in the morning, uh, I'm going straight to uh, Mexico. That's why she was at the airport in the first place. Right. So, uh, Ray, he has no reason whatsoever to be looking for her. Yeah, I mean, really. I, like, he wants to fuck her, obviously, but um, he decides to play detective with no real purpose. Because That's true. he could just assume that she left for Mexico. Yeah. But uh, he visits the grocery store where she shops all the time, and uh, he leaves his business card with the grocer. He owns some business. It's not defined. And he says, if you see her or hear from her, call me and then he gives the grocer like a hundred bucks or something the grocer's right. like sure no problem that that'll come into play later and drops by to check on nick now yet another uninvited guest shows up at the and house and she's got a fucking key to yeah. this place and she uh she lets herself in and at first before she lets herself in helena sees that she's there and she tries to scream and and nick ties up helena throws a gag in her mouth so now um nick and ann are alone and ann says like i was worried about you about us i missed you nick it's like don't you remember why you left in the first place because you were all upset about the whole helena thing like <laughs> but but she's right like, away yeah ann's thinking like there's no way he's her so let's try that like well again <laughs> i guess i guess that's one way to look at it i just thought Anne is a fucking pathetic woman well like, they like they do kind of deserve each other nick is real pathetic but nick so wants nothing to do with her she's like nick's nick <laughs> <laughs> she's so fucking lame and he wants nothing to do with she's her she's a lame version of Nick you can't even say that she didn't amputate any of his limbs no but <laughs> you know like in, in a movie where if if the goal is to show like the female empowerment, the female spirit and show how much better Helena is, even though her physical uh, body has been hurt, like mentally, she's still stronger than Nick. Like then why do you introduce a character like Anne, who's such a fucking pushover? Like yeah, she's just know. that stereotypical woman that you see in every movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, realistically, that's the only kind of girl Nick's going to get. And she's nice. I mean, she's understanding, she's sweet, she's attractive. Oh, she st yeah, she starts to make out with him. She rips off his pants, and they almost fuck. But then Nick uh, hallucinates. He, he sees, uh, instead of Anne's face, he sees Helena's face on her body. Right. And he instantly comes. <laughs> He's not even inside her. And yeah. he just, boom, it's done. <laughs> 
And Anne says, it's okay, honey, it happens. We were rushing it. We can try again in a little while. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and marry her, because you're not going to get anyone <laughs> better or more understanding <laughs> than this woman. <laughs> she shows up. She makes you food. You, she gets pissed at you one night. She comes right back to you yeah. like a lost dog. Yeah, she's a doctor. I yeah. Mean... <laughs> you're not a doctor anymore. You need an income to keep up that fucking mansion you own now. Really? Yeah. She, and she'll be more than happy to pay the bill. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Anne says, like, let's just sit together and talk for a while. Nick says, I don't want to talk. So Anne says, fine, we can just sit together quietly. Because I want to be alone. <laughs> so um, it's, I wrote down, I know it's funny that uh, Nick is treating Anne like shit, just like Helena treats him like shit. So um, Nick kicks Anne out of the house. She angrily gives him back his key and leaves. Yeah. So then uh, as Nick watches Anne drive away, he sees Ray in the front yard. And Ray is doing an awful job of trying to hide in the shrubbery. <laughs> there is no way Nick couldn't have seen him. Yeah. No, he did. He no, did. And, yeah, yeah, and of course he did. So, like, Nick does something smart for a change. He actually, yeah. like, he calls up the flower shop, which he calls all the time to send Helena flowers. And he orders another big bouquet of flowers for Helena yeah. to have sent to her house. And in the card it says, I miss you. Where have you been? Blah, blah, blah. And so he's hoping that as soon as Ray sees that card, it, Ray will say, like, well, she must not be with Nick. Right. Uh, and he does. Like, he falls for it. Yeah. That so was now, actually really smart. Yeah. Yeah. So now Ray is out of the picture for a short time. You know, what's funny is, like, Ray's supposed to be, like, the macho guy, right? And uh, Nick's supposed to be the big pushover pussy, right? Mm -hmm. It's like... Ray isn't going to be hardcore enough to amputate anybody's limbs. Like, there's a point there where you're thinking, like, wow, like, Nick's pretty fucking fucked up <laughs> and and goes a lot further than Ray ever will. <laughs> right, but at the same time, they're, they're both the same character. They are. They approach the, the problem differently, but the problem is still exactly the yeah. same. They're both still infatuated with Helena. Exactly. So they do irrational, stupid things to get with her again. Yeah. Helena berates Nick in one of these scenes, and then she just, like, starts to strangle him. Like, her only attack is, like, she starts to strangle him, and uh, he breaks free easily. And then the very next time we see Nick, he's watching video footage of Helena from his housewarming party. Yeah, that was fucking weird. And I wrote down, who filmed this? Really? Yeah. Because it wasn't him. It wasn't him, because you clearly saw that, like, he was holding on to the purse or scarf or whatever, and uh, uh, Bozo and Will, they're all, like, standing around gawking. There's somebody, and you know it's a guy, in the audience or in that party that starts filming her, and fucking Nick must have bought the tape off of him. <laughs> it's a third character we haven't seen or been introduced to who is infatuated with Helena. <laughs> oh, shit. It's one of Helena's exes for the night that's, oh, yeah. like, even before Ray. And that person's infatuated with, <laughs> with her. That's cool. <laughs> She's got, like, an army of men just waiting to get back it's, with her. It's from the prequel. Like, this is boxing Helena. <laughs> so that guy, that character is from the prequel, like, buying the box for boxing Helena. <laughs> I don't know. So And uh, the next one's, like, rapping Helena. Or... And then shipping Helena. <laughs> Receiving Helena. <laughs> opening Helena. 
anyway <laughs> this joke got really bad <laughs> oh, it, was, it never started on a good foundation <laughs> so anyway um the very next time we see helena she has no arms because of the strangulation thing uh nick amputated her arms yeah so i guess that's just punishment like you tried to strangle me fuck you uh <laughs> cut off your arms so now she she has no arms and no legs she uh definitely can't feed herself she can't bathe herself she can't clothe herself uh she's not going to the bathroom by herself yet throughout this whole movie she has a ton of wardrobe changes and uh she looks very nice and clean you see her with uh new makeup all the time and stuff so like even though they're not showing it nick is definitely putting his hands all over her yeah but armless and legless helena starts to laugh maniacally and nick is intimidated by her still yeah so helena says like it doesn't matter this doesn't change a fucking thing like i'm still the same woman i was and right. like you're still the same weak pussy you were and he like put her in this weird buddha like shrine it was fucking creepy which i guess is supposed to be the boxing of helena but it's like oh, more fucking like dumb I didn't the even chairing think of, of helena yeah really i don't know and and they they keep showing her in this little box chair thing which looks very uncomfortable uh, yeah and um she could easily just fall right out of this thing yeah like she's falling asleep in it all the time and she's just yeah like, that's really uncomfortable yeah no that's that's fucking stupid it's like sleeping on a plane so in one scene nick goes to leave uh, the house just for a moment just to grab the mail when he comes back helena's yelling for him she goes don't you ever leave me alone in here again so nick says i'm sorry I thought you were sleeping in your super uncomfortable chair box thing. <laughs> and she says, if Ray ever finds out what happens to her, like, he'll kill Nick. And Nick asks, like, would you really want that? Like, you need me now. Like, right. you're completely helpless without me. And Helena says, I'll never need you. So it's like, but the beginning of this scene, you just yelled at him saying, don't ever <laughs> leave me alone again. As dumb as that started, this is actually a cool scene because of what happens next. He then, like, goes to uh, a dresser drawer and he pulls out a gun and he's like, he puts it up to his head. and He's like, OK, just tell me and I'll fucking blow my brains out. Like, whatever is going to make you happy. Like, I love you. And she says no. So then he turns the gun on her is like. Do you want me to kill you? Like, again, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, except, I guess, set you free. <laughs> Anything that you want. Uh, and then she says no. Like, that was actually a really, like, heavy scene. That was that was kind of cool. Because I totally believe that Nick would have shot himself in the head. Yeah. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. But then she would have been fucked. Yeah. she can't get out of the and house. And she knew that. And also, like, even if she managed to, like, worm her way to a phone, all the phones had been unplugged. Yeah. And he even if one was plugged in, like, all his fucking phones are rotary phones. So she's gonna, like, use her nose to, like, spin hey, the dial. she could do it. Did you ever see that movie, uh, Freaks? Freaks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking when the, the armless, legless guy rolls his own cigarette and, and then smokes it. it. Yeah, that was cool. Right before that, though, right before he pulled the gun, he uses the phone. He plugs in the phone to call the pharmacy uh, to get more drugs for Helena to keep her doped up because he's trying to keep her doped up throughout this whole fucking movie. And um, the only way to deal with her, man. I'm just joking. <laughs> but but yeah, I'm wondering, like, it, how is he still writing prescriptions if he's no longer a doctor? And also, like, he's like a doctor, like a surgeon doctor. Yeah. Did those doctors write prescriptions? 
Nations? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I thought they were above that because, like, they just deal with, like, emergency rooms. No, like, like, you have to go to an oral surgeon to remove, like, you know, your wisdom teeth or something. And uh, they got to slice up your gums, pull out the gums, and then they give you, you know, prescriptions for whatever meds for the pain. Yeah, but he was an emergency room doctor. Like, a kid just gets his hand blown off in the first part of the movie. So that's why he had to rush back to the hospital because right. he got the page. Somebody Are has to... Are those doctors writing prescriptions? Somebody has to write the prescription and you're not going to want to like but he's only dealing with like oh they rush in i blew off my hand i'll fix the hand now you're not dying anymore you're not in critical condition push you off to the next doctor i'm dealing with more critical people yeah that's that's probably true but at the same time right. like no, there's I, all these I, other fucked up rules no i know it's convoluted and uh, we're probably arguing a point that means nothing. nothing and also um i have like if there was a doctor actually listening he's like you fucking moron exactly but uh it just seems weird like i would think like you come into the emergency room he fixes you pushes you out never sees you again and like it's but just like you would have door. to you would have to treat him and then another doctor has to accept him before you can discharge that patient as your patient okay well whatever i just think it's weird that he's getting actual like he can write prescriptions but maybe maybe that's normal who cares i can't i can't rip it apart if i'm too stupid to, to understand the, <laughs> the rules and Anyway, so um, yeah, neither of us have our MD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah still working on it. <laughs> In between stupid podcasts. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as he's getting this prescription call, he hangs up the phone and, uh, the phone begins to ring again and Helena bullies Nick into answering it and he pretends to answer it. He basically fakes it, uh, like he pretends that he's talking to his friend Bozo. He's like, oh, Bozo, you remember, uh, Helena? And then he holds the phone up to Helena's, holds the phone up to Helena's mouth and he's like, go ahead and talk to Bozo. Tell him the truth. And she starts to scream. Like, he's keeping me here as a prisoner. He's a sick fuck. And then... <laughs> <laughs> he holds up the phone cord and it's completely cut. Yeah. It's not unplugged. He fucking cut the cord. <laughs> But he had no knife or anything. Like, so no, he, actually, he ripped it. He pulled it, he I He just think. pulled it. Like, yeah. why'd you need to do that? Because he's a sick fuck. <laughs> okay. It just proves her point. So, uh, it, at, like you said, he, he pulls the gun. He threatens to kill himself. And then he offers to kill Helena. She says she doesn't want any part of it. So he throws the gun aside. And then he buries his head in Helena's lap like a scared little boy. And this is when we see this big hallucination scene where uh, Helena starts to caress him with her arms that aren't there. And she stands up on her legs she doesn't have. And we right. know like this is a big dream sequence, a big waste of time. Right. Then we have to sit through this long, stupid monologue as like hallucination Helena, hallucinana or whatever. <laughs> she she uh, explains like how to take care of a woman for real. It's like that drug's harder to, to shake than heroin. Like, can you imagine the drug hallucinana? <laughs> when a woman shows up and she starts to caress you and teaches you how to have sex, people would be doing that drug all the time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> It's like Gleaminex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You know, like, all those pray away the gay camps? Like, they buy that in, in like, stock, and then they feed it to all the kids? Oh, can you imagine, though? <laughs> but they're not even attracted to women. So it's like a straight man getting a drug where, like, a man shows up yeah. and shows him how to have sex with another man. This is pure torture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking Saw movie. <laughs> it is. 
You want to play a perverted game? <laughs> I like how countless times we make these shitty movies so much better by like just nonsense. Like, like that movie should suck. Our all our ideas should just totally suck. It's just the fact that this movie was so bad that it, it, it's like, wow, I'd rather watch that than this. <laughs> So, uh, Nick, uh, eventually, after he gets his lesson about having sex from the hallucination, he shakes the hallucination off, and, um, then he calls an escort service and orders one of the women over, and then he fucks the escort while Helena watches quietly from the next room. And he's constantly <laughs> looking over at her while she supervises like this lovemaking. Yeah, he's like, am I, am I fucking her right? Am I yeah. penetrating her right? Whatever. And then... She's like, you lasted a measly eight minutes. That's ridiculous nice joke <laughs> it, no he's actually doing well like he actually right. made full penetration and he's thrusting and he hasn't finished right <laughs> which is a so, huge improvement yeah. to him but i'm just making like a joke that it's like nowhere near roy <laughs> oh of course not no one's like roy though but uh th this is when i wrote down my notes that um julian is uh, <laughs> I almost called him Julian Assange. <laughs> so, the WikiLeaks of softcore porn. <laughs> um, Julian Sands uh, agreed to play the part of Nick, and I wonder why. Because, like, he's just all over these women, yeah. like we said earlier. <laughs> um, and then I also wrote down, like, in 2014, I wonder if softcore porno movies like this are even still being made. Now that the internet is like kind of made them pointless, do you think they're even making movies like this anymore? I doubt it. Because like the only reason you would ever watch this is like, oh, I can kind of see sex, but at the same time, it's sort of like a real movie, so I don't need to feel too ashamed. Right. And now right. you can just like look at whatever the fuck you want online yeah. and just be done with your business. Yeah, I don't think they really do this anymore. Uh, but then again, they still make fucking romantic novels like crazy. That's it's like how many how many of those could you pump out realistically? Um, so, you know, who knows? There could be a whole market for this shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so now uh, Nick and Helena, after this big sex session, he asked her, like, what'd you think? Was I good? And she's like, oh, I wasn't really paying attention. She's just still being kind of bitchy. But eventually, like, they start to form some sort of friendship where they start having all their meals together. They sit out in the well, yard together. Well, because she's, like, dependent. Like, yeah, she, but she mean, takes a shit. Like, she needs someone to wipe her ass. Like you said, you know, she needs him. I understand she's physically helpless at this point, and he keeps her that way, and he keeps her all doped up and shit. But at the same time, she's not, like, being a bitch to him anymore. Yeah. She's being nice. Stockholm having... Syndrome starting to take its effect. <laughs> yeah, she's having conversations with him. She's, like, enjoying meals with him, it seems. And life seems perfect. And then Helena says, um, do you love me as a woman or as a possession? He says, I love you as a woman. Which I'm saying bullshit. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much a possession. I love you as a woman I possess. <laughs> <laughs> So Helena says, I want you to give me back some of what you've taken away. I want to feel like a woman again. Kiss me. What? And then so, this is when I'm thinking like, oh, fuck, man, this is going to get dark. This is this is so cool. Like, it's like the choking scene. Like, she's going to fucking bite his tongue out like that. I was waiting for this to happen. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go and continue. 
Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. Uh, so this movie sucks. <laughs> they just kiss, and it's a real loving, passionate kiss. I'm like, you gotta like maybe really convince them it's okay, so you can get like maximum tongue to bite off. Like, I'm still waiting for it. Like, I'm I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that doesn't happen. So let me get this straight. Like, if I kidnap a woman and I incapacitate her enough, she'll eventually fall in love with me, right? Yeah, you just gotta hold out long enough. How do you? How long do you think this happened? Like two, three months, four at the tops? Like, no, no, it's not a perfect science. Like, if, if oh, at some first you don't succeed, long- try and try again. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some girls last longer than others. And, yeah. Plenty of fish in the ocean. You've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> you just have to try harder. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. Is like, that why you're in medical all, school? Like you said earlier. <laughs> no. All of my relationships have failed, but I never tried cutting off anyone's arms or legs. Yeah, dummy. That's where D- you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. God, I feel dumb now. <laughs> So uh, Nick calls the grocery store now that they're getting along just fine. It just happens to be the same grocery store that Helena uses all the time. Well, they do live close by. They do. And uh, he asked this grocery store for vodka, lemon juice, and pomegranates. Bum, bum, bum. That's the, that's the thing that uh, Helena orders all the time. Yeah. So now uh, the guy who works at the grocery store calls Ray immediately, and Detective Ray is back on the cold case. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Ray goes back to Nick's house, and he breaks in, and that's when he sees Helena. And Ray beats the shit out of Nick, and then like he takes a real good long look at Helena. He's like, oh my god, you have no arms or legs. He goes, Helena, what happened? What the hell happened? Like... You you did this. He starts beating up Nick, and then um, Nick says, get out of my house. <laughs> he goes, like, damn you. She was beautiful. <laughs> and then... Uh, she's still hot. No, I mean, she's still very attractive, but uh, he, at one point, he's like, you made her a freak. <laughs> she's only a few feet away, dude. Like, <laughs> try and be a little cool. Like, <laughs> she obviously doesn't like what's happened to her. Yeah. Yeah, and let's say you beat the shit out of Nick, and then, like, you're not winning her over after a comment like that. Yeah. Not without putting in a few months, at least, <laughs> of, of, of pure torture and isolation. No, but he's so <laughs> superficial. He's like, hey, he can't look past it. Like, the beauty's gone. He's no longer Whatever. interested, I guess. And she starts screaming, like, stop beating him up. Stop beating up Nick. Yeah, she's defending him. And leave him alone. And so that's when uh, Ray, he says, like, D- you, you don't want me? to beat up this guy he deserves it like look at you you're yeah. a mess at, at what point like i was waiting for this like like i was in a car accident you know like i was i was waiting for her to say that and he doesn't know all the details no he doesn't like he wouldn't know that her arms are missing because you know she was captive and tried to choke him to get free you know like like none of that ever would would come up you could just say like i was in a car accident dude like it, she never once said that it's no just he just un- unrealistic pure hulk yeah. It's like, Roy, smash! <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we see that, like, he, he beats the crap out of Nick, and then he leaves the house. and But not before, like, he sort of pushes Nick into a statue, one of the many stupid statues that are all over this house. Yeah. The statue starts to wobble, and it tips over onto Nick and uh, smashes over his skull. And then the very next scene, Nick wakes up in the hospital. 
Right. And he doesn't have any cuts or scrapes or anything on his face, even though he was incredibly bloody in the previous scene. Then Alan, uh, Dr. Alan Kurtwood Smith, says, uh, Helena's been on the operating table for six hours. And he says, like, you can go in there and see her if you want. So then Nick gets up out of his little hospital bed or whatever he's sitting in, and uh, he starts to wander over to uh, where Helena's room is. And at this point, you're like, ah, Fuck. No, like, no, fuck, fuck. On. Fuck this movie. Don't do what I what I think you're about to do. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then he, Nick goes to the elevator and a very familiar looking nurse exits, but you can't quite place her face, but she looks just like the escort that he yep. banged in his house. Yep. God damn it. So, no. uh-oh, we're in dangerous territory here. Nick notices for himself that he doesn't have any scra uh, scratches or bruises on his face and then it's like wake up he, wake up wake up <laughs> he goes into nick or he goes into helena's room and he sees that she's passed out on the bed with all her limbs everything after the hit and run accident was just a dream yep and this entire discussion, as we nitpicked little things here and there that were pretty stupid, was completely meaningless because you could just chalk it up to, oh, that was just a dream sequence, so it doesn't need to make sense. We wasted your time. We wasted our time. Everyone's <laughs> time was wasted. <laughs> it was a complete crap movie. We were just hoping by the end of this, you would fall victim of Stockholm Syndrome and love our podcast. Please subscribe. <laughs> 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 no, it was crap. What a shit ending. You know what? I I was still holding out. You know, as sad as it was. Like I'm the like, dream was a dream? No, no, no. Like I'm, we were in Inception? No, oh, fuck that movie. God damn it. Inboxion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was like some like weird connection between Helena and her box? <laughs> no, The um, box thing didn't make sense. No, her box, like her junk box. <laughs> um, anyways. Oh. Uh, like box like vagina, vagina. yeah yeah uh, no um know. so like i was still holding out like that there was a little bit of hope there because like he comes in and he starts kissing her hand and then like he like freaks out because of his anxiety it's like shit like i don't want what happened in the dream to be a reality basically so like i'll just leave her alone and then he leaves the room and then she wakes up and then she has like these flashes of after the accident uh nick carrying her to the ambulance and then basically saving her life even though you know in a shit way like he is responsible because of that book and everything yada yada, yada. who cares mm -hmm. but she's like remembering what what happened she's putting things together she's in the hospital and then nothing happens credits roll like wait a minute fucking helena be a bitch be sympathetic like oh he saved my life something anything give me something this fucking movie ends so abruptly it's like it's fucking nick sleeping with Anne, like coming before yeah. he even has sex like it ends prematurely <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah that's a good point like okay so you would think okay maybe helena isn't the one who's gonna learn a lesson here the story mostly revolved around nick so nick's the one who has to learn a lesson right after he goes through this whole story stupid dream sequence that was a complete waste of time you think okay maybe his character is going to change and then you see him wake up 
in his home from another scary dream or something right before the credits roll and he's laying right next to a naked woman who I can only assume is Anne but the actual actress Anne didn't want to show her tits so she's like yeah I'm not gonna do that so just have an extra or something there so like they just show naked tits just hanging out but they don't show the face it's all completely obstructed by hair and pillows and shit <laughs> so we're just supposed to assume that's Anne. So he's back to Norm like, you know what? Maybe I should hook up with Anne. Maybe I learned something that I don't need Helena. I don't need my mother. I can be with Anne and be happy. I think that's what they meant to show with that, like, that they were laying together in bed once again at the end of the film. Except he gets out of bed then after having this crazy nightmare that we don't get to see. And uh, he walks into, like, one of the rooms, one of the many rooms with, like, armless, legless statues. And he starts to, like, caress the statue. Yeah. So he's still infatuated with Helena. So even he didn't learn yeah. fucking shit from this movie. Yeah. And neither did I. This, this was an awful film. <laughs> uh, it was garbage. Um, overall, fucking lynch legacy didn't let me down hey at least it like as is kind of convoluted and stuff at least it sort of kind of made sense well because she only had half the lynch fucking defect gene in her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so uh overall this movie has a good idea i guess behind it like there there's something you could do with this premise yeah but uh it focused way too much on the softcore sex crap like i don't yeah. need to see tits and sex and stuff like like, focus on the actual awesome story you could have had. Yeah. Um, it, it, we mentioned Misery before. Like, this could have been just like Misery. Like, uh, the, there should have been a big buildup to when Helena lost her arms. Like, the reason why she was punished was just fucking dumb. Right. The hobbling scene in Misery, which to this day I still can't watch because it <laughs> makes me fucking sick, was definitely earned. Yeah. Like, Helena's amputated arms weren't right and Kathy Bates was such a good crazy woman like you really got to get inside her for a little bit and you're at the edge of your seat at yeah. every moment of that film when she sneaks away and uh, and you see the guy jump into his uh, his wheelchair and he starts wheeling about the house you're like no no go back to your bed dude <laughs> and he knocks over the little glass penguin and you're like oh fuck yeah, yeah. and then he points it north like an asshole <laughs> <laughs> it's like little details yeah. make a big difference that was awesome that was so good yeah. and you know what julian sands does play a good crazy guy but like you didn't get the inside scope of what happened like you did with kathy bates you were missing that you're missing the soul in this movie. Yeah, they they wanted his relationship with his dead mom to sort of kind of be like Psycho. Yeah. Not not like she's talking to him from the grave or anything, but like that she really put a hurt on him mentally before right. she died. And you barely got a glimpse into that. Yeah. And all of the sex scenes, as great as it was to see uh, uh, Cheryl and Fenn or whatever her fucking name is, uh, Helena, as great as it was to see her naked, like, she's got an awesome body, but, like, I didn't need to see that. Like, yeah. you cut all that out and put in more plot. Yeah. Like, I think they just thought, like, or Lynch just thought that it would be a surefire way to sell the movie. It's like, hey, you get to see lots of nudity, lots of sex. That's what people like, right? Like, no, I want to see this this crazy movie about a guy who keeps a woman in his house and amputates her limbs as punishment when she does something wrong. <laughs> 
and watch her try to escape. Yeah. It was like really, really lame misery. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this is a weird rating, though. I'm going to say that this movie is just bad. I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it, which is typically <laughs> what I save the bad rating for, it, because the ending is total bullshit. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I don't know, I think it's worth a watch once, even knowing that the ending is crap, like, it was kind of entertaining. Like, I, I can't say, like, it's an abortion that I hated every step of the way. Right. No, the problem is, like, we're just calloused, like, uh, like Roy's dick from having sex so much with good <laughs> films. <laughs> right. Like, Misery, like you said, um, to the point where you're just like, oh, this fell short. So you could have done something with this. And with that said, like, yeah, after listening to this podcast, you watch the movie movie and then all of a sudden like our ideas like made that film awesome so i'm gonna give it a bad rating too yeah it, you know hollywood remakes garbage all the time you know like uh, they, they take good things and remake it and turn it into garbage yeah they should be taking movies like this which were garbage but had a kernel of something yeah. yeah something awesome and then make that into something new people should be making remaking movies like boxing helena yeah and then i wouldn't have a problem with all the hollywood remakes yeah yeah that's true because it wouldn't be the same genesis story over and over and over again like spider-man or superman or all that other garbage right so anyways here's our uh, favorite clip of the show and thanks for listening you must have lasted what a whole two seconds with me you're a goddamn joke you don't understand. I love you. If you were a real woman, you'd lie to me about our sex. Real women lie all the time. Real men lie all the time. Yeah, real people do a lot of things, and you bet they lie. But when they lie about sex, bedroom lies, it is out of love and respect for certain feelings. And I don't give a shit about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to check us out on TortureVision.com or listen to us on iTunes. We can also be found at Facebook.com slash TortureVision, Twitter.com slash TortureVision, YouTube.com slash User slash TortureVisionTV, and Instagram.com slash TortureVision.